the media and society and our parents and the program says that these are the things, the job, the money, the status, the car, the body that will bring you love. So in a way, the program feeds on our deepest desire and deepest insecurity. Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Low, and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. Today is going to be potent. I can feel the energy. It's going to be very powerful this episode. And I am truly, truly honored to have one of my dear friends and someone who I do believe is in my soul family, star family. And that is the one and only Tiffany Paul. (laughs) Hello. I'm still buzzing from yesterday's podcast where you were on mine. Our energies were just like, boom. And so I'm excited to see what comes through today. It was such an honor. And you, I feel like I awakened like another healing cycle from our conversation. It's so beautiful. Same. power of these conversations. They really, Mm -hmm. they open up a lot for us. So thank you. Tiffany is the founder of Break the Matrix Agency, which is, I can't wait for you to talk about that. And also the host of the Break the Matrix podcast. She is 1000% a disruptor in the best, most highest light way in our culture and is here to bring a frequency through and to help other, you know, entrepreneurs bring through products and offerings that elevate the collective consciousness. And I think it's so beautiful what you're doing, but I would love for you to talk about that and also anything you're excited about right now in your life. Yes. Thank you again for having me. The agency is something that came through at the beginning of this year as my entire career has been in products. I spent 10 years in corporate America at a Fortune 500 company. And once that sucked the life out of me, I took the leap into being full-time entrepreneur myself, had my own product-based businesses, products that have been featured in Vogue on Good Morning America, sold over a million retail sales, but it was boring me to death. So I took the leap and the pivot while spirit guided me into this agency. And it's been such a pleasure to use my disruptive energy to support conscious brands in creating products. So many people have these ideas and they just don't know where to start. So that is where the agency was born. And the podcast is something I'm most excited about right now because I really feel, you know, as the Aquarian age enters or as we are in it currently, I know there's some question on when it begins and whatnot. I'm an Aquarius. So very much my energy field and the magic of this year for me has been the connections with soul family, the podcast, and really understanding that this is where we are healing one another, where we are raising our vibrations together. That is something that was not in my field a few years ago. And that new reality is just kind of blowing my mind. And so I'm super excited about it. I couldn't agree more. I feel that the colliding of 
a lot more soul family has really been activated this year. You know, a lot we talked yesterday too about the energy of 2022 and the two energy, which it's the coming together of like-minded souls and, and souls that are in alignment for the elevation of our world. It's not just about romance, which I think a lot of people think and thought. I mean, the potency of the business collaborations that are happening, the creative collaborations, the friendships and meeting soul family. You know, I I talked about this with Perla, who you know, on our episode where it's like a lot of people didn't have a great experience in their family of origin. And the collective healing of this year is the coming together of people that when you're around them, your frequency gets raised with like no effort and you feel Mm -hmm. like can be more of yourself. And it's just so beautiful to be witnessing that. I'm witnessing it in my own life. And I know a lot of people are meeting people. It's next level connection, you know? So so whatever the terms are, I mean, I do believe it's soul family. We have soul clusters, people we incarnate with again and again, soulmates, whatever you want to call it. And it's it's just beautiful to see because that's we're more powerful together than we are individually. And so it's almost like everyone's using their gifts in different ways and we're all more inspired and we feel safe to put, to bring these things to fruition. Cause what, what we're doing is it takes a lot of courage, you know? Yeah. I mean, my greatest healing most recently has been simply being in community and being held and supported and loved and accepted as my full self. Yeah, And that couldn't happen until I met the right people that were open to my big energy and my boldness. And I had a family of origin that didn't accept me as me. And I was always different and the black sheep of the family. And I grew up in a small Minnesota town and I never felt like I fit in. And so I left to California as soon as I could, LA. And and as you said that, it just, I really also heard like middle school, high school, how many of us had really horrible experiences there where we're all just trying to fit in. You're not really actually who you are. And so I feel like even if you had a great family of origin, so many of us, we just endured the school system as it is being a human, playing that game of fitting in or in also the case of corporate America, where I also existed for many years, I was such a dimmed down version of me. And you have to talk a certain way and act a certain way and handle problems a certain way and sell a certain way, speak a certain way. And we've all been fitting in for far too long. Hence, break the matrix, baby. And I never really kind of connected those two dots of the collective healing and why the soul family has coming in so fast, not just to support support me and my personal journey, but I think so many of us, we need to break out of these molds and these smaller, lesser iterations of who we are and really step into our full power. Oh, so well said. We can, we can stop here. No, I'm just kidding. It's like, yeah. <laughs> that is really what is happening. And, you know, the more I think we all just can accept that it's happening, the more we can take advantage of the the really potent energies that are coming into the, the planet. The truth is like, there is this massive amount of healing that's happening. And I know there's a lot of terrible things happening in the world. And it is that it feels like we're in this liminal transitional stage of like, things getting worse before it gets better, but it's it's more so more is coming to the surface. That's all. It's just things that yeah. have yeah. buried that a lot of us have been very aware of, previous generations were aware of, and they're just coming to the surface to be transmuted and, and transformed. And that's a painful process. We talked, so we talk mm-hmm. all the time about the individual transformation process and to think about millions and millions of people going through that at once, it's, it's a lot, you know? So those of us that are on this 
this more, it's like we're more in tuned with what's happening, but everyone feels it in different ways, whether they have the language or not, whatever they use to describe it. The most logical people that I know that don't believe in a lot of what we believe in, they're like, something is happening. Um, <laughs> yeah, quite I love hearing that. They're like, tell me about these spirit guides. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, so it's just, we're all feeling yeah. it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, I have six rapid fire questions that I'm so excited to get into because I want everyone to get to know more about you and your magical life and just the soul that you are. And then we're going to get into our topic, which I'm very excited to dip into with you. So are you ready? Me too. I'm so ready. Okay, here we go, lovey. So the first question I have is for you, what does it mean to come home to you? To come home to me means to reconnect with our true essence. And for me, the way I've been able to do that is to slow down and create space. And so to come home to you is really difficult to do when you're running so fast or when you're so focused on the external. And when it comes to the program we have running in this culture, it's all about running fast for external things, achievement, material things, relationships, kids. And coming home to you means flipping the script, completely reversing the program itself and looking for all of the things you seek, freedom, love, joy, happiness, peace within. And so slowing down and creating space to do the inner work is essential. And it goes against a lot of our natural conditioning because we're so conditioned to run fast, work hard, get shit done, and to feel guilty about resting and doing nothing. Mm, That's such a beautiful answer. No one's actually ever really said that, like the slowing down and, and flipping the script. I think that's really... A beautiful reminder for all of us. So thank you. Mm, I'm happy to bring that to the podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So the next question is, give me one word that describes you and your essence. Mm, disruptor. <laughs> yes. I called that. Like, <laughs> I don't want to like... Yeah. It was like that or rebel, but you are, I'm not yeah. that rebellious. Right. I'm rebellious by, you know, regular standards, but I think, yeah, there is a difference. Yeah. And disruptive runs through every experience and conversation and existence of my being versus rebels like pops in and out of my field. And I think we need you. Like the truth is the Aquarius energy, the Aquarian age we're entering into, but Aquarius energy is innovator. It's like Albert Einstein in the basement, figuring everything out and then coming up and being like, I have the answer. And then going back, there's Mm -hmm. a level to being a disruptor where you have to really be in your own energy field and be careful, you know, to bring forth these visions that don't exist yet on this planet. Like it takes a lot of trust in oneself. So I agree with that. And we need the disruptors. Yeah. And I want to build on that because you mentioned obviously linking it to innovation and innovation is like my jam, especially in product space. But when it comes to disrupting the system that we exist in, I know a lot of us are no longer relating to or in support of the systems as they stand today. And I think sometimes when you think disrupt the system, it means like protest, yell, scream, like tear it all down. And I'm not saying there's not a time and place for that, but I also want to bring into the conversation that to disrupt means to build something completely different. And if you build a system that is a better system, a better, you know, gizmo, a better machine, 
people are going to naturally gravitate and it's going to pull away the trust and faith and participation in the old. And obviously it's harder to create like a government outside the government, for example. But I want to just bring that to the conversation of what you just mentioned disruption being so important. And when it comes to innovation, we're all being called to rethink and it's going to relate to what we talk about today. I feel like rethink how we live our lives, create new systems in our own life that maybe another person is inspired to do and another and another. And all of a sudden we've created a whole new system, a whole new society, a whole new culture without even bucking with the assholes. <laughs> right. Right. And I, you know, to also look, like you said, start with our own lives. Like, are we allowing yeah. ourselves to rest or are we telling ourselves that we're going to have to work a certain number of hours to be worthy of success or money? And yeah. there's a lot of people that are resting more than working and they're making more money than most. <laughs> and, mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. you and I are just in spaces where we're seeing these insane miracles. And let's call them miracles, but like yeah. ways that completely disrupt the yes. status quo. And we're like, but how is this happening? And then we're all experiencing yes. with it. So you're right. It's starting with in your own life, what can you disrupt? What are practices and rituals and habits that you can implement that you feel like you can't do? But those could be the game changers to you, you know, living more abundantly, being happier, finding more joy, healing, you know, so. Yeah, taking your power back. Place, Yeah. And when everybody individually starts to play with their own lives in that way, we're all going to collectively heal without having to always seem like we have to come together and do it or something. You know, it's like, it's, it is, there's a ripple effect to all of us healing individually. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Okay. Next rapid fire. What's your mantra for life? Oh God, there's so many. (laughs) First I heard, just do it. I'm like, that's Nike. No. And then I heard, fuck it. And I'm like, like, (laughs) (laughs) I think just be you, be you, be all of you. That's my mantra. Oh, I love be all of you. I say that all the time because Mm, you and I have experienced not being all of us for many years of our lives. And we're we're tired of that shit. So Mm -hmm. we are. (laughs) Yes. Ready to be all of us. Right. Okay, next rapid fire. What ritual makes you feel gorgeous? Oh, sleep. (laughs) Sleep. As somebody with two kids and had many years of sleep deprivation, I was like looking so old and haggard. And scientifically, your skin is improved and your wrinkles are reduced and your energy is lighter and brighter. Your eyes glisten more and you just feel like a better you. So sleep. Couldn't agree more. On the note of rest. Just <laughs> <Sleep. laughs> rest and sleep. Doing less. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay. What is an action you took recently that came from a place of abundance? Mm. Well, at the beginning of the year, I definitely set an intention for abundance. And it has come through in ways that are beyond money. And I know that your community is well aware that abundance exists beyond money. It exists in time freedom and existing connections. It exists in new opportunities and experiences. And I was called to this girls retreat in Joshua Tree a few months back. And it was such a magical experience. And they are doing a fall retreat in Bali. And I was like, hell yeah. So I invested in that. But then Egypt was kind of coming into my field in different ways. And suddenly an Egypt retreat came in too, like a month later after Bali. And as I mentioned, I have two children <laughs> and a business. And I was like, you know what? 
let's just follow the signs and let's invest in life and living it largely and boldly and take not only one trip, but two trips. So I'm going to Bali in October and then Egypt in November, which just feels really abundant and what an amazing opportunity. Oh my God. I can't wait to hear what comes from those, those trips because you know, a lot of us have deep, deep connections to ancient Egypt. And, you know, Bali obviously is is a deeply, a high frequency place on the planet. And so I feel that it's it's interesting you're going to both of those and the way energy is going to activate so much in you with those back to back, with being in those places that are very sacred. So I cannot wait. And I think that is it, you know, abundance. It is this feeling, like you said, any of those areas, connections, money, creative projects, freedom, flexibility, basically the feeling of abundance is full. It's like fullness and all yeah. fulfillment. So in right. any area of your life, you could say, you, if you're going to do a test, it's like, does this feel abundant? Well, does it feel full? Do you feel full when you're yeah. in it? And I just, it's as like overflow, <laughs> literally, overflow I was like, oh my get, gosh, is this my like life? Enough? Like, yeah. Yeah. Overflow. It's yes. so, so I agree with that so, so much. Fullness. It's like lights me up, fills me up. And I don't have time for like guilt around being away from my children or my mind to like convince me that I, you know, I could split them up or whatever. It's like, no, this feels right. It feels full. It feels abundant. It feels alive. Mm, I love that. It feels alive. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, last two rapid fires. So what is something that can always be found on your table? Mm, My kids shit. (laughs) I was like, my house is really messy in comparison to how I would like it to be. It's just like, no matter how hard I clean it, there's just always stuff. So when when I envision stuff, I just saw their stuff. (laughs) But your inner child child can have fun with that. And play. <laughs> yeah. On a more specific level, I always have my AirPods around because I'm always listening to a podcast, you know, yeah. in between the cleaning, like pop the po- AirPods in, listen to a podcast Love or like it. raise your vibration with a dance party. So my AirPods are right here next to me. So Love it. I mean, I'm wearing them, I guess. So that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's beautiful. What nourishment brings you the most joy? So any way that you nourish yourself? What way that you nourish yourself brings you the most joy specifically? It's time with soul friends and soul family. I know we already touched on that, so I'll keep it brief, but it really is the one thing that not only brings me the most joy, but it fills me up to a point that it keeps me going for several days versus just, you know, some of the other things that I think about, like a good meal or sex or, you know, starting a you know, creating a new brand or product that's always fun and lights me up. But I feel like at my heart and soul level, connecting with others just really fills me up. And and we talked about it's healing. It's just heart opening. And we all need our hearts open now more than ever. Oh, you said it. Beautiful. Thank you for answering those. I appreciate it. Yeah, fun. Thanks. And to lead into our topic. So today's tea is on being the main character in your life. And, you know, speaking of the Aquarian age, Aquarius is known for an energy that cares about itself and the collective. You know, we came out of like the Capricorn age, which was very much like 
the individual, me, 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 what do I get? And we saw what was birthed from that, right? Good and bad. But what's happening now is it's no coincidence that we're entering this age of Aquarius where it's like, I care about me. I have to get myself to the highest vibration possible, be fully who I am, be all of me. And I'm aware and conscious and making choices from the impact it also has on the collective. And I feel Mm -hmm. I felt into today's conversation. And I know we talked a little bit before, like, I think you and I are on the journey of what it means to be the main character in our life. So I would love for you to kick us off with what does it mean to be the main character in your life to you? Well, I would just start off by saying I am very much the main character of my life. I am there. I embody it. It is who I always have been, even in those times of deep conditioning, deep constriction. The gift that I came into this world with was aligning to myself first and foremost. And I think that came in really handy when I was growing up in a family that wasn't making me feel loved and seen and important. And as special as I was. So I had to learn very early on that I needed to find it within myself or essentially I would crumble up and, you know, die inside. And candidly, you know, I have two sisters and they, they dealt with it very differently and very much caught in victim consciousness and still holding on to childhood and unable to free themselves from what, went down in our childhood and it wasn't anything so crazy, but it's, you know, as a child, a lot is traumatic. And the only difference between them and myself, I think why I've been able to move through life differently is because I've been able to put myself first. Yeah. And never feel bad about it. So that's the key. You just said the key because a lot of people, well, this was previous generations where it was like, they use terms like self-indulgent, like to go get a massage is self-indulgent. You know, you should be trying to, I don't know, devote yourself to having a family if you're a woman, for example. And to go and like do a trip by yourself is self-indulgent. It's it's actually a step further than selfish. It's like, wow, you think you're really deserving to indulge in something that's just for you. And yeah, us, and our generation is having to dismantle that very big, mountain. That's like really intensely programmed into us. Yeah. I love speaking to you because I feel like you really prompt things in me that are almost like the opposite of... It's like the other side of things that I have not considered. Because for me, when I hear that, it never occurred to me. Like I'm having like light bulb moments as we're speaking about what do we just talk about? Striving towards the external is the program. That is the matrix conditioning that something on the outside is going to make us happy. And so what I'm hearing as you're speaking is that we think that somehow like being selfish is about the program has taught us that being selfish is massages and time for yourself and, you know, doing things externally for yourself. But what I'm speaking about here is the selfishness that I had as a child was about internal desire. It's about giving yourself permission to follow your heart. I knew from a young age that I wanted to move to California. I knew at the time my dream was to work at a top, you know, company and I got a job with Procter & Gamble, like that manifested. Like I knew my heart's desires and sure they were tied to external things, but it was like, what do I want to do in this world? What lights me up? What gives me joy? What excites me? That is what the selfishness was wrapped around. It was never about 
giving myself permission to do necessarily external thing, even though they, they overlap. But do you, is this making sense yes. that I'm not, I've never really considered it in the realm of self-care because it, like you said, our generation is breaking that down, but it's like, why is self-care not a, a bath and a massage? Because really being selfish is following your heart. Yeah. And why is that categorized as selfish? Because right. it takes a lot of courage to follow our heart. It really does. Because a lot of times our heart's desires can't be logically understood. Like we're being, right. like being led to Egypt and Bali. You're not even really sure why and what it's going to bring. And logically, does it make sense? No, but the point is not to live logically. And I think mm-hmm. this, this does sum it up a lot, you know, and for many, many centuries, we've like been living on planet earth in the human experience from just the mind. And we've forgotten about the heart. And thank God a lot is awakening right now about like the mind heart connection, you know, but somehow our intuition, our feeling of, which is our heart, you know, of what we desire is completely, it's not supported in the programming, like you said, in in our culture. And I have to ask myself why, because every human just pretty much desires love. Like there's all these movies and all this culture, not just romantic love, but love in general. And it's like, we desire that yet we're being told to live from our mind and our mind doesn't create love. Our heart does. The mind yeah. will convince us to, <laughs> to run away from love. Right. And so, and yeah. anything love based and, and really anchored to fear based. And so I would love for you to talk more about how you will comment on that for sure, but also How do you feel you've always been tapped in and connected to your heart's desires amidst all that cloud? Yeah. First, I'll address what you talked about because I think where the disconnection is happening is, yes, we are wired for love, but the media and society and our parents and the program says that these are the things, the job, the money, the status, the car, the body that will bring you love. So in a way, the program feeds on our deepest desire and deepest insecurity. My deepest insecurity was that I was unlovable and unsupported because of how I grew up. So even though I found that within myself, it was like, cool, I love myself, but can anybody else love me the way I love me? Mm-hmm. And even though I had an amazing partner and I've shared with you, you know, he came in easily and yeah. soulmate at 19 and he's been amazing and always letting me be all of me all the time. And yeah, I still, that program was running for a long time before I finally even became aware of it. So I feel like that's where the disconnection is happening. And I was in that part of the program for a period of time. So again, I think it's just as far as explanation, I think it was just a gift I had in this world, honestly, is to follow my heart and give myself permission because I wasn't trying to please my parents or make them happy because they were not making me feel good. I never had that as well. Like my husband grew up in a better family environment. So he is more conditioned or predispositioned for pleasing his family because it was a positive environment. So he wanted to keep it positive and happy versus me. I never had that placed upon me because there was nobody really, I mean, I took myself on a college tour. Like I applied to college. Like I, you know, I did everything on my own. There was nobody to please, but myself. And so I think it was nature versus nurture coming in with a little bit of that predisposition and also just never really looking to their approval versus some people could look at that and say, I never got the approval and I just kept trying and trying and trying their whole life. Like, that's why I just say, I don't know why I went one way versus the other. 
But I feel like that's kind of where I landed. And then eventually, you know, when your soul starts screaming, right, that, hey, you're in the wrong spot. That's when I had to start shutting some of that conditioning around what was going on there. Because this dream of being, you know, a top executive or even a CEO of a Fortune 500 company was very deep ingrained in me because I was largely driven, the disruptor in me was largely driven by the fact that at the time, only 2% of Fortune 500 companies were led by female CEOs. And I was like, again, fuck that. (laughs) I'm going to be the change maker. I'm going to make it to the top. And then I'm going to bring other women with me. But then talking about, you know, the me, me to we, it's like, I could have sacrificed my whole life and made it to the female CEO spot, perhaps, who knows, or top executive. And I would have sacrificed my life. My soul would have been miserable, but I would have achieved my goal and followed my mind's, you know, idea. But as you mentioned, the future of selfishness or as society as a whole is preserving and taking care of the self, the me in service to the we. So actually taking myself out of that environment, protecting myself, I can now show up better for my family, for the world and for my mission. Mm. Because I think being the main character, we're doing it from this place of like the reason to ask yourself, anyone listening, am I the main character in my life is not just for you. It really is like you nailed it. It's you show up in a different way for everyone, whether it's Mm -hmm. people in your intimate life or it's people that you cross on the street that just feel your energy of joy and high vibration, or you go to an event or you meet someone new and you make their day when they're maybe having a rough day. Like the way you show up is just different in every space you're in. And you're just by being the highest vibration version of yourself, when you're operating from being the main character, you have an impact. You don't even have to do anything, you know? Exactly. Your energy speaks for itself. And I think that's what people are not tuning into. They're thinking that it's selfish when really it's the farthest thing. Of service. And we don't slip into the pattern of codependency with anyone. You look for validation less and less, right? We're still living with an ego and we have to play with that. We talked about the shadow a lot yesterday, but ultimately you're so whole on your own that other people are just there and you can appreciate them for what they are and not want them to be a certain way because we're broken inside. Like the main character energy is really, it's next level of leadership, but it's also next level of like compassion and and love. It really isn't selfish at all. <laughs> so Yeah, I think that pairing your belief in self with the belief that taking care of yourself first will be of service to the other is imperative if you want to be the main character. Believe in yourself first and foremost and believe that being the biggest, best, highest version of yourself is going to be of service for others in an even higher format than being a martyr or being uh, who somebody else wants you to be. You can definitely be of service as a people pleaser, as a martyr, but you're not going to be happy inside. And at this point in time, the energy is just not even conducive to that anymore. It's like, be the main character of your own life or we're going to force you to. We'll make it so painful and uncomfortable that you will have no other option but to step up and be the main character. And so it's like, make the choice (laughs) versus be forced into it. That is it. That is so beautifully said. You will be forced, whether it's your physical body starts to rebel 
or relationships start to crumble and you're like, what, why am I losing all these friends? Or why is, why did my relationship with my partner dismantle? It's because they're not in alignment and they're not serving you. And you're often not being the main character when you have relationships in your life that aren't serving you. It's hard stuff to look at. I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to minimize how difficult this is to look at. Of course. And this year, another theme of this year is a lot of relationships being dismantled that are mm-hmm. not in alignment, whether it's business, romance, friendship, it's painful stuff, you know, and, and it's, it's painful because we then have to hold the responsibility for who am I when I'm the main character and we can't hide anymore. So talk to me about like hiding. I feel like this is a big theme right now, you know, not just with women, men do this too. It's really big. It's like, we use a lot of things to hide, right? Whether it's coping mechanisms, whether we use like our body to hide or we stay quiet in rooms where we really should, we have something to say. But the energy of hiding dominated so much of my life because I was deeply internally at war with how big my energy is, how intense it is, my physical body, you you can't miss it. You know, my voice is low. I struggled with that and I hid for a long time. And when I came into contact with healers that were like, you're hiding, I had that language. I was like, whoa. And that activated a lot in me of the main character energy. So what's your perspective on, on hiding, how you see people hide? And have you ever felt like you, you hid in your life? Mm -hmm. For me, I would say more resonant word would be constricted okay is that it was very like like you do not be all of you absolutely not that is not acceptable to be all of you will get you in trouble you will offend someone you will harm someone you will not get the promotion you will not do well you will not be liked you will not be supported absolutely at all costs do not be all of you (laughs) so that was more than broken good luck good luck (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Have a good life. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. So I would say that would be, you know, but in a way that's hiding, right? Because when we are constricting and holding back, that is hiding. Mm-hmm. So to me, when you say hiding, I, I think holding back. Yeah. And I think a lot of us do this. And for me, there's been various parts, you know, the corporate career bores me to talk about because I feel like that's, been it's like so in the past and I feel like we all know what that's like professionalism in itself is kind of fake no one actually talks like that or acts like that and most of us you know (laughs) entrepreneurs who have ever had a job we know what I'm talking about so there's that level of like hiding who you really are but I feel like it's really kind of been in my field obviously since I took the leap into being an entrepreneur being a podcaster that triggered a lot and I'm sure you can relate I remember starting my podcast and just being open and honest, right? Because that is my true essence and being like, oh my gosh, is this safe? Is this safe to speak my truth? And I realized it was from so many years of not speaking my truth at the corporate meetings or with my family. And I had to really, I think, start just saying what was on my heart and on my mind that was how I was hiding most because I'm a very direct communicator in corporate America. They would call it aggressive, but if a male spoke the same way, they would be assertive, but I'm a very direct straight shooter. I am piercing with my truth and observations. And I have had to learn, you know, different tactics to deliver at the right time, right place, all of that. So down for the evolution. But for me, the way I hid most was in speaking my truth. So I think 
for anyone listening, identifying what parts of you are you holding back or hiding. And it's simply challenging yourself to bring it to the forefront, to let yourself be seen. And it can be in a safe space with someone you trust, with, you know, a friend. It can be in whatever. You don't have to make yourself like, you know, (laughs) hyperventilate over it. But I think it's just practicing the muscle. And when you start making yourself known and seen, there's like that vulnerability hangover, for example, you just kind of get used to it. Okay, like that was too much or do it this way, this a little bit differently this time or give it more time to process before I share this story. So I think it's just, you have to just actually get out in the world and do some of the work. And that's where this stuff that we talk about, a lot of that internal work is like identifying the shadows, identifying where you're hiding and then where we need to go next is the external and put it into practice in the real world. And the greatest healing I had was that retreat to Joshua Tree, where I had just kind of worked through a lot of the like, I'm too much. I can't speak my truth. It's not safe. And am I accepted as I am? And at that retreat, it was filled with such high vibrational, loving, fun women that I naturally like they pulled like my true self out of me. And it was like for three straight days. And that was medicine in itself, just being who I was for an extended period of time with strangers, essentially, because I just met them. And I was like, wow, I guess I can be all of me and accepted. And the more you do it, you're going to find new evidence that there's no need to hide, that there are people who love and support you and accept you as you are versus just relying on all the old evidence that was the old track, the old program that says this is not safe or this is, you know, the best way to act or be or whatever. So I think it's all about creating that new evidence well for your brain as you take action. Mm, So powerful. Yes, it is all of that. And, you know, I think another place I want to take this conversation is in order to become the main character in our life, we have to break free. And I would love Mm -hmm. for you to talk because you talked about this earlier about like being free and becoming free and breaking free of patterns, things from childhood. You know, this is obviously a huge, could be a podcast episode in and of itself. (laughs) Question of how do I break free? If someone's asking themselves that right now, where would you guide them to start? Yeah, with the biggest boulder. (laughs) What's pushing you the most? Where's the biggest pain point? So I think there's two approaches to it. It's to deal with the biggest pain point of your life, which is usually probably the hardest or a really big part of your life, like a a career change, location change, a relationship change, you know, physical fitness or whatever those like, like it's going to create like a big lifestyle change or difference in your day to day. I would say ripping off the bandaid is one method that I'm, that's kind of my style usually, or it's taking the pebble route where it's like looking within and where are the different pebbles that are causing resistance. Maybe it's the small moments that you practice freeing yourself from the conditioning that you first have to become aware, right? So I guess backing up one step is you have to obviously become aware of what is causing you pain and discomfort. And I think that's the first step to even understanding who you are because people are very disconnected from who they are because they have all this like pain and like, again, pebbles and boulders to give a visual really creating a barrier to who they are. So really looking at, okay, this holding back my truth in my relationship in that conversation or at work or, you know, wearing this dress or whatever, like those little small moments can also help free you. But I think first we have to become aware of what is the conditioning? What is the program? What is the pattern? Yeah. 
Couldn't agree more. And I think the other piece that is so simple to tune into for anyone listening, you can do at any given moment is how do I feel and how do I actually desire to feel? So you're right. Like if you're in a job and every day you feel like very uncomfortable, you feel the least confident, you feel burnt out. You got to look at that. <laughs> like, like you have to say, yeah. I feel like if, I think a lot of us just, I think a lot of people struggle with honoring how they feel. They're trying to justify yeah. it. Like, yeah, I'm burnt right. out, but other people would die to have this job or yeah, yeah, I feel the least confident, but I have a lot to learn. It's like, they've been working for 15 years. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's just all this like justification of how we feel versus what would our world look like if we actually tuned into how we feel moment to moment, that's the intuition. And a lot of us that are yeah. from our intuition are like the rebels. It's like, but our intuition is a baked in compass that we don't need to justify how we feel. We feel a certain way because of something. And I think the inner work that I've gone through, and I know you have too, is like, why do I feel this way? Because there's reasons, you know? So being afraid to be all of us comes a lot from childhood. It just does. Like it comes from childhood and it comes mostly from childhood, but definitely the societal conditioning, but childhood is the most potent. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. And to just decide and accept that that's our fate. That's what a lot of people are doing. They're just saying, these are the cards I was dealt. Well, no, yes, your soul might've chose certain lessons, but guess what? Your soul is guiding you to transcend them. <laughs> You're not being mm-hmm. asked, like, you know, you had a hard grow, you had a hard upbringing. That's your life. It's like, but no, like we're not here to just have these hard things for no reason. You know, we're here to transcend them. And the divine really wants everyone to live as joyfully as they can in a world that is polarity and duality. It's just part of the human experience. But like a lot of people are just backing themselves in a corner and saying, this is my life. What do you think about yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the second part of breaking free is of course there's the internal work, but we're I'm at in my life currently, and I think this could be helpful no matter where you are in your journey, is the other way you break free is kind of what we talked about earlier, where it's disrupting your life in a way that feels good. So if it's not about removing the pain, it's about adding more joy. Because I think the biggest act of rebellion these days is living joyously. And when you talked about earlier, like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to get out of Egypt and Bali. And all I heard in my head was fun. I'm just going to get fun. An adventure out of it. I don't need to get transformation. I don't need to get enlightenment. I don't need to get educated. I just need to feel free and I need to have fun. I mean, that's my intention. And if anything else comes into my field, wonderful. But I think looking at those high vibrational emotions that we're all seeking in the form of perhaps a job or a successful business or a relationship or a promotion or the house and what is that feeling And then making decisions in our life that align to that. And sometimes that means letting go of the ego-based attachments or desires, downsizing the home, not buying a home. That is like my, I don't know why I hate it so much, but I've never bought a home. It bothers me so much because I see so many people save and save and save, especially out here in California. It's like a million dollars for like a starter home. You save and save and save. You're not traveling. You're just saving, saving, saving. And then you go into the house and then there's like 17 things you need to buy and 17 things wrong with the house. And then it's a money pit. And you literally spent your entire, all of your financial, all of your money 
into a, a thing, a material thing, what? and you're missing out on life. Sure, if you're like super abundant financially and you bought below your means, cool. Most people don't buy below their means. And the best decision I made was when I left my corporate job, we downsized significantly our house, our cars, our lifestyle. And now that we've returned to the income that we had previously, we stayed put and having the extra money to make investments in myself, in my business and hiring an employee. We do a lot like a laundry service. Now going to Egypt, going to Bali, we went to Italy for our anniversary. We have all this extra money to live our motherfucking lives. And to me, it's like thinking differently, even in just the respect of like the small things, like, do you really need to buy the house? And if you're so attached to buying the house to feel enough, that in itself is the program. And if you have to ask yourself, do you not feel enough without a house? Well, why, why, why? And what's underneath that? Oh, abundance activated. <laughs> like yes. what I just did, the decision I just made. Exactly. Was That's breaking high. free, baby. Because let me tell you something. If I bought a house, I'd have to be in that house. I'm not going to let myself travel. I know myself. I know. I don't want to be in a house either. Like, what if I change my mind? Yeah. I don't want to be underwater. I don't want to do market conditions. That's right. And even like having the money, I just, at this particular stage in my life, I would feel like I had to be at that house all the time and do the house thing. And I've been trying to buy a house for like four years, four or five years in San Diego, had the money. It just never worked out. I'm not going to buy a shitty place. Definitely not. And there's no nobility in buying a house. There's no nobility in having a partnership. There's no nobility in these things unless your point, they're feeding us joy and we're contributing to them. And it's really contributing to a higher like consciousness and vibration. Right. You really like you, you said it so beautifully. Like, why do you desire what you desire? Because that's what I had to ask myself. And now that I actually took the leap, it was so intuitive. People would think I was nuts, like absolutely insane for what I just did. Because I'm not 22 where it's cool to travel. Like I'm 33 years old. I, there's so much conditioning around what I should be doing right now. You know, I think that's cool. The new leaders, the new thought leaders, we think that's fucking rad. I have a five and a four-year-old and I'm leaving them for two international trips for you know eight, nine days at a time. Sure one month apart. That's fucking cool. Like no other mom's doing that that I know. But does that make it uncool or does it make it cool because you're actually thinking outside the box, thinking outside the matrix? I fucking think when you're doing something that is unique, that cannot be looked, you know, your neighbor to the left, your neighbor to the right is not doing it. To me, that's the cool. That's the new cool. And you're being guided there for a reason. And that's where like living from a place of following our intuition regularly, not just I had a light bulb moment. Like our intuition is always talking to us, right? And it's subtle. You really have to tune in. But there's a reason our intuition guides us to go to certain places, be a certain way, connect with people. There's like a reason that we can't see yet. That's like higher self stuff. It's like our higher self can see what's happening on the horizon. We can't, like our ego, it's just part of being a human. But there's a reason. And you and I both know every time we follow our intuition and we we come back from that activation, we're like, oh my God, now I know why I was guided to Egypt and Bali. Now I know why I was guided to travel and not buy a house right now. Like, But we can't see it yet. And that's what people mm-hmm. struggle with is they're like, well, why am I going to go do that? And it's like, but yeah. why not is what you and I are asking, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think when you follow your intuition, you know, we're so unique. 
There is literally not one person on the planet that looks exactly like you externally, let alone on the inside, let alone our collection of experiences that we've had. We are all I just want to be motherfucking unique, yeah. <laughs> like fired yeah. up about it because when you, I'm connecting into that, like connecting into that truth, we are all so unique. So why are we all living lives that look like one another? It's because we're following the program, the conditioning, the external world, what they're telling us is important, is going to make us feel good. When you follow your intuition, naturally, we're all going to have these unique, exciting journeys and soul experiences because our soul is unique. It is as unique as we are externally, internally, our energetic makeup, our soul calling, our experiences that we signed up for via our soul contracts are all unique. So when we start following that, we naturally break free of the program because we are living a life that feels good. We're living a life that is of our highest alignment because we are following our soul. And I always, we talked about this on my podcast is I don't try to rush my manifestations. I just always set the intention for the highest timeline and that I be put on the track to meet my highest soul contract. Mm -hmm. So that could be hardship. That could mean that your manifestation is five years down the road when you want your ego wants it now. Yes. So asking for the highest timeline and for your highest soul contract aligns you to the lessons you're here to learn, the impact and the growth. And so I just think that connecting to your intuition is a really important part of breaking away from the matrix. I think a lot of us try to think ourselves out of the box. And I've been there. And we are humans, but that's what I love about human design too, is it was the first kind of system that reminded me that we make decisions from our body. The mind is never the authority. The body is and learning how you make decisions and connecting to your intuition and your body yes. is also part of the journey to break free because a lot of us are, are conditioned to think our way through life and make a five-year plan and make goals. And I'm no longer available for that. Ding, ding, ding. And the thing about trying to think our way through life, it comes from everyone is trying to avoid pain and avoid making mistakes and fail. Right. But that's right. part of the experience. That's why a lot of people this year specifically are experiencing very harsh and hard lessons that they didn't ask for, right? They thought they were doing all the right things. And then there's this disruption that seems to be happening in their life and they're not sure where it's coming from. And that's when victim consciousness comes in. It's like, I'm being punished. No, you're not. Like, your soul is trying to guide you to living on your highest timeline. But we also have to hold responsibility for the fact that we have free will to live from our ego. We just do. And mm -hmm. so it's about integrating the ego, of course, like we talked about yesterday, but it's also honoring that we can choose in any given moment to shift. So even if you've yeah. been living from these places of your wounds or your ego, you could shift mm -hmm. that in this moment. And that's why mm -hmm. I think the concept of that all we have is now is so prominent now because it really is. Like everybody's so focused on, like you said, especially even in the manifesting community, it's a little toxic because it's like, Mm -hmm. I haven't I manifested the $5 million yet? Well, are you even ready for that? Like, could your energy even hold 5 million or would you get it and blow it on mm -hmm. 20 cars and 30 houses to then Instagram about it? Like the yeah. thing is a divine force, just like love, like partnership, romance. A lot of us want romance because of what we think it does for us in the culture. This has been my journey. It's like, I throughout my life felt like something was wrong with me. I mean, the underlying was what you said earlier, like, can someone actually love 
all that is low, low. But the main, the other like ego conditioning is I'm alone all the time. Like I have to take myself out to dinner. There's nobody to do it with. There's no one to go to parties with, or like that's the ego. But really I'm being guided to a partner that's probably someone I would never pick and probably someone that's going to help me up level, right? And is going to be a match for me in a way that I've never thought was possible. But that might take longer than I think, right? So it is- Or it could be tomorrow. be tomorrow, yeah. And Right, we just don't know. I will say I feel some, (laughs) I feel some divine masculine energy. That's for sure. So I'm excited to see who comes in, but it really is like. But being open, you know, and not attaching ourselves. And I did wanted to say something about the manifestation community where my personal experience was that it was to me creating, and I can take personal responsibility or if it's my like my personality or my ego. But for me in the manifestation community, oftentimes it was creating more attachment in my life. It was like, do these affirmations, see these things every day, visualize the things. And it was like, I was becoming so attached and what creates struggle and pain is attachment. And so I literally had to just release all of my dreams and manifestations. And at this point, the universe knows what I fucking want. Like it knows my deepest desires. I've said it a million times. Like I would love to be like a well-read author one day. I would love to be a speaker. Is my current reality meeting that vision yet? No, I have a podcast and I'm writing a book. So it's on the way. But I'm talking about when I say no, it's like the big, big vision. And I have to release it because if I get so caught up on this is the thing I want and this is what I'm manifesting. Well, what if I'm supposed to be like a scientist? I don't think I'm supposed to be a scientist for the record, but I have to release the blinders and just let go of if that's meant to be. I made my request known to the universe. My actions and my focus are aligning to it and that I have a podcast. I'm speaking every day. I'm doing it from a high frequency of joy and love and passion, not desperation or scarcity or needing to be something or seek anything. And that is it. No more manifestation program, no more method. It's like, you can still have a vision, but as far as just the methods and the practices, I found myself getting really attached and then really triggered as a result. So that's just me personally, my experience. I thought I would share that in case anybody else felt that way because I basically had to like rip up my dream board and be like, I can't look at this every day because it was just a reminder of what I didn't have. And so blame it on scarcity mindset. Say say it means there's more work for me to do. But ever since I've done that, the replacement has been freedom. Like that's the emotion. It's like freedom and open to surprise. And it's like that or something better. So I still work towards those goals because that's obviously what I'm passionate about. And I'm open to whatever life throws my way and in whatever way I can be of highest service in my family, in my community, and maybe on a global stage one day. Who the fuck knows? I'm not attached anymore. Mm, It's so, so true. And I think, you know, the biggest piece that I want to point out to people is anything you desire is valid and you're, you're worthy of it. But do you think you're worthy of it? Because worthiness Mm -hmm. is the code. It is the biggest piece to the life that we're actually going to physically experience on this earth. If we do not believe we're worthy of fill in the blank, we will not have it. We will not have it. And the thing is, like you said, your soul, your higher self, your guides know you don't feel worthy of it. So it's not going to come yet. And that's where we're guided to do certain work, go to certain places, meet certain people, say goodbye to certain people. (laughs) And 
then it, our energy field activates where we actually could receive that. Because I'm telling you right now, most of us that have these big desires, if it all came in today, ask yourself, if it all came in today, could you receive it? And this is the big code that cracks a lot of this wide open for all of us, including myself. And I've had to say, no, I couldn't receive that yet. Fill in the blank. Like I have some work to do on that because if you don't believe you're worthy of it, you cannot receive it. And this is hard for humans because that puts (laughs) the personal responsibility on us to say, what am I holding on to? To your point, what am I attached to? That if I just feel safe enough to let it go, could it actually create space for this other thing I deeply desire to come in? Because we can only experience so much in any given moment, you know? Mm -hmm. That's been a big, and it's hard. The the logical mind cannot understand this, but your body, your soul knows what this means. And so let it, you know, emanate out how it must. But like, talk to me about worthiness. Because to me, like, to be the main character in your life, you have got to believe you're worthy. (laughs) Like, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think to me, I want to just add on to that conversation that I very much think that what you spoke about is very true. And I also believe there's another layer that's not talked about or addressed enough, which is divine timing. So I do believe that you can feel 100% worthy of yourself. And that doesn't just because... I think that's this is the part where I do want to challenge that narrative and you can take it or leave it is that there is definitely a possibility that you feel or I feel entirely worthy of speaking on stages and it's just not the right timing for my life. And so I think for me, I did all this work. And there's this narrative in the manifestation community that's like, once you do all the work and you feel really grounded in who you are and you're being who you are and following your heart and feeling worthy and it's just going to come in. And that's not been my personal experience. I've had a lot of other things come in that I kind of called out. But I think that let's open up our minds to the reality that perhaps you're not manifesting the love of your life or the million dollars or the thing you want most, not just because you're not worthy or you don't feel enough yet. I think there's divine timing because let's, let's use my husband, for example, like I didn't feel like others could love me. And I attracted him in right at 19. Yeah. So that's where I think blanket statements like this in general are dying. (laughs) As we step into this new energy, there's all this paradox and the uniqueness of each of our journey is that I do believe that you can stand in your power and feel all of you. And that doesn't mean you're just going to attract every material thing and ego-based desire. That's our human self. That's the old way of manifestation. Now you can stand in your power, be worthy and think you want the thing, but you are being guided through practicing and learning patience or you are waiting for the perfect timing to get your message out there or something even greater that you don't even know about yet. So I think that worthiness is 100% a foundation that we need to build upon because for me, building things before I felt worthy, they all crumbled Mm. besides my marriage. (laughs) But it went through its own journey in itself. But you can still build on and attract in an energy of not feeling worthy and enough. But I do think that it's an unsteady foundation. And so when you fill in the cracks you really stand in your power and accept all of you, the side effect of that is worthiness. And so that's what I agree. It's a a foundational pillar or foundational piece. I guess foundation is flat, (laughs) pillars up, but it's a foundation, not even a pillar of being the main character in your life. And I think that for me, how I have done that is grounding myself in the 
here and now and finding joy and enoughness in the present moment, mm. finding the parts of me that were resistant to this statement. I'm going to say, if I never achieve anything else in my life or do anything else, will I feel enough? Can I still be happy? And when I was able to sit in my life in the present moment, as it exists in my small rental home with my Ford car, with my smaller bank account, with my non-designer clothing, with my not ideal body, could I be enough and be happy? And anytime I felt resistance around an area, that's where I did the work. And I'm finally to a point where I can sit in my life as it exists today and say, I feel enough with everything I have going on. And then keep saying yes to more opportunities and things that make me feel alive and free and me. And that has created a beautiful life. And when you create a beautiful life, naturally you become less attached to anything outside of you because your life is so fucking amazing. Maybe it's not how you picture it. Maybe there's still things that you desire, but you fall so in love with your life because you've worked on grounding yourself in what you have versus focusing on what you don't. Let's all take that in for a minute. (laughs) Like, I'm so grateful that you rounded it out with that because you're 100% right. And divine timing is not meant to be explained or understood. It's divine. (laughs) Like it's from the divine. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we we want something and we really don't. It's not what we really want. It's conditioning. It's, it would get a lot of external, I call it social currency. A lot of people are living from social currency. If I have the girlfriend, I can go to the party and do all the stuff. If I have the money, people will think I'm not. I don't know. I just think we have to really get clear about why we want what we want. And is it really... So a lot of times what's manifesting in the present moment is what we need. And it also can be what we want, you know? But you're right. Like, And also I think the energy of of trying to get all this stuff that we think we want to manifest is people rushing through their life. Like if we're lucky enough, the human body is designed to live way beyond what, what we live to now, but let's just... It's another episode. But like... If we're going to all live to be 85, 90, 100 years old, what are we rushing for? We're not going to, like, what's the point of experiencing? This is why the classic, like, crisis happens for people that experience a lot of things young, like 30 under 30, millionaires, and they're broken inside after, you know, for example, not all of them, but our life has a pace to it. It is a divine pace that has to do with very unique things our soul chose. That's a whole other conversation. I really believe, how do you explain why? I have tension in this area and you have tension in this other area. How do you explain that? That's not some God in the sky saying, this person's going to get a chronic illness. This person's going to have no love. This person's going to never make money. No, that there's lessons (laughs) that our soul chose. Right. Once I learned that, honestly, it freed me so much because it was no longer playing the story of I'm not enough. That's why this thing or person is not in my life. You know what I mean? So but you're right. right. Like, and what we need sometimes before we can get to the big manifest manifestation that you referenced is other lessons or we have to meet certain people or or the other people involved. Stuff has to happen with them. Things we can't see. Like exactly. the person going to invite you to, for your $50,000 speaking gig, they got to find you. And if the more you put yourself out there, they're going to find you. But like things have to happen that we can't always see before that can come in. So it's surrendering to that. And also you just gave a huge abundance code in that, in that what, what you channeled, because it's like, if we're not happy in the here and now with what we have here and now, we'll never be happy. Like it, it's like, and then we have to look at why are we not happy with what's here 
and now. So it's, yeah, it was really powerful. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a practice, you know, it's not a one and done thing. We're human. And there are certainly times where I'm like, uh, I would like more space or that car, the Mercedes G Reagan is pretty fucking cool. And also it's okay to desire those things. It's okay to desire a slip in and out of being grounded and okay with where you're at. But I think having that point that you can come back to and just practicing it because for a long time, I was resistant to it because I felt like I was giving up or I was taking my focus and my energy off of my manifestations or this big life that I wanted to live. But the result is if you look internally, I wasn't happy, right? It was causing me resistance because I was attached. And I was just, again, when I focused inward versus outward, that's when you can really live a big, bold life. And that's when you really step into that main character energy. It's not about anything you acquire or achieve or do. It's how you show up in this life for yourself. That's main character energy. That's the perfect place to end. I am so grateful for you and so honored that we had this conversation today. I mean, thank you for the codes and the messages that you brought through. It's coming from you, but it's also coming from your higher self. And it's Mm -hmm. really beautiful just personally for me to watch you when you're in your flow, because you are absolutely here to help, you know, re-educate all of us on a new way of of living. And it's beautiful personally for me to see because it helps me give myself more permission to step into what I'm here to do and how I'm here to to birth a new way. And it ain't easy being the visionary. (laughs) I know you know this, but it's really powerful to see you in your power. So congratulations Mm. on that. And thank you for for doing the work get you here. Yeah, Thank you. And I want to say one more thing is that you know, anybody listening can maybe tune into, you know, the bigness of low and I's energy. And I just want to, I feel called to end or share about being a main character energy. It's all about being all of you. And so if your energy is quiet and laid back and go with the flow, you can still be a main character of your life. Everybody is a main character of their life. And so society has conditioned us to believe that it's the loud ones, the third of ones, the go-getters, the fill in the blank. Yes. And that the main character looks a certain way and dresses a certain way and has a certain body and speaks a certain way and has certain things. Throw all that away. And I really want everybody to connect to the truth that is we are all here to be the main characters of our own life. And that's going to look different than low than myself. And we're all going to be up against our own challenges in order to step into that title of main character. But each and every one of you has it within and you are designed exactly as you are on purpose. And you are all equally, we are all equally as powerful. And don't let society or the program tell you that you are anything but the main character of your life. And I think when you receive that and accept that and honor that, that will ignite the main character in all of us. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that because you're right. There are certain qualities that get very rewarded in our culture, but that's changing. It really is. And I pray that people witnessing you and I being the main character of our lives and being fully us in this conversation activates in them what it would look like for them to be the main character in their life and to be all of them. So thank you, truly. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you for opening up this discussion, this very important topic. And as a podcaster, I've had so many conversations and 
I've never had one on this topic and the way your energy is just so powerful and moving and it's been such a beautiful experience. So thank you for bringing that to into my my field. Because I said, I feel like even yesterday was like a upgrade and hopefully anyone listening also feels the same. Mm, thank you, my love. I appreciate that so, so much. And I feel it too. We're going to be buzzing for the next four days <laughs> after these double <laughs> yeah. conversations. I know, I know. What a gift. I would love to I know. people know where they can connect with you, how they can work with you, anything you have coming up that you want to talk about. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at I am Tiffany Paul. You can also connect with me on my own podcast at Break the Matrix Podcast. And Lo will be on here. I think her episode is dropping next Wednesday. So maybe Mm -hmm. by the time this airs, it'll probably be out because it's just so good. And I can't wait for it to be released into the world. And then if you do have a product idea that you just can't stop thinking about, but you don't know where to begin, you can apply to work with me at BreakTheMatrixAgency.com and I offer free consultations and discovery calls if you want to learn more but that's where you can find me and thank you again for this opportunity to connect thank you and i have to say the collaboration you working with ari our girl our our mm, mutual friend yes. and what she's birthing in the world is amazing and i'm so grateful that you guys are working together and it's just so beautiful to witness soul family collaborating and what it's like to collaborate with people who are on your level. So I just wanted to publicly say, I'm so proud of her and love her energy and her. And I'm so honored and grateful that you guys connected because I know you met at my, that the event I had last year and it was just like, yep. Saw what was happening. I was like, oh my God, this is magical. So congratulations. I know. And then I met Chef Perla at your event and then the retreat in Joshua Tree was hosted by her. And that's how I found that out. And also another friend was going. So I was like, okay, universe, I get it. I know. So it's like the soul family, the overlaps and the webs are just deep and it like blows my mind every day. If we could like see it in like, you know, digital format, all the webbing, it'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? Right. Right. And it's (laughs) no wonder you can't figure anything out. (laughs) The answer is not clear. Yes. Because life is a series of synchronicities. That's the magic of it. You know, like if we knew how it was all going to go, we'd be like, get me out of here. Like it's, it's boring. I mean, so surrender to the synchronicity in, in your life. And I mean, Tiffany and I are evidence of the magic of synchronicity. So the higher forces, yeah. it was time for us to meet. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. So it's beautiful. And the more you, yeah, the more you step into your main character energy, the more magic you are going to create in your life. Mm, so it's directly that's correlated. It. That's it. Well, thank you. I'm so grateful for this conversation. And thank you for everything you expressed today. Sending you love. Thank you. Thank you, Lo. I so appreciate it. And I love you. Love you. Thank you so much for listening to House of Lo today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, love.